0: Amen. Come on. I wonder if we can put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning. Let's go a little bit better than that. Let's give God some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. You are good. And your mercies are brand new today. You're awesome, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you just love coming to church and singing to the Lord and blessing the Lord? Amen. It's such a great thing. Being gathered together and just sharing that uh, common unity that we have in Jesus, how many how many really appreciate that? I really love that about the Lord and about uh, I love how all of us come in on different ways, but we all kind of are changed by His love and His power. Amen. We kind of all worship the same God. Worship. Amen. Together, that's amazing, isn't it? Right? That's a beautiful thing about Christianity. Amen. If you're here today and just visiting with us, we just want to say a great big welcome and God bless you and thank you so much for joining us whether it's online or in person and this may be uh two or three years from now you're joining us uh online which uh we wanted to say a great big god bless you and thank you so much uh for being here and um want to just thank really all our children's ministry workers and volunteers and all that they do i wonder if we could just kind of put our hands together and show our appreciation for come on the children's ministry I mean, you know, you have a hard time at home watching them, and and then they have to do it on Sunday. So we we give them a lot of kudos there. We give a lot of uh, credit for doing that. Amen. But uh, how many know that whatever happens in the world never changes God? God always is the same. How many believe that? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe before the world began, He was God? Amen. He was there. He was God. And nothing that happens in our culture is going to change who God is. Amen. I'm so glad about that, so grateful about that. Amen. I mean, you know our world takes a rainbow, makes a flag out of it. Come on. Takes a cross and burns it. Takes the eye of God and makes a call out of it. But that doesn't change who God is. And it doesn't change us as Christians who the mes- message is. Come on, it doesn't change what we believe about God and, and what we're saying about Him. Is that, come on, is that right? How I mean, you know? The rainbow represents God's promises to us, and we're still gonna celebrate it. Hello, we're still gonna celebrate it. The cross represents God's love to us. We're still going to celebrate it. We're going to still talk about it. Amen. We're still going to promote it, right? How many know the eye of God really represents the supremacy of God, the deity of God, the final authority of God? We're still going to celebrate it. Amen. We're still declaring today that our God reigns. Amen. Beside Him, there's nobody else. Amen. Nobody's equal. Nobody's on the same plane. He is so far above every other God. Amen. It's not even funny. Amen. That's what makes our praise and worship so powerful. We recognize those things. We declare those things. I don't know about you, but I didn't come to just sing some dead songs. We came to worship the living God. Amen. And there's something that God has done in our hearts that we need to sing about. Is that right? We need to talk about and we need to declare in our generation. And I don't know about you, but amen. That, that message right there set me free when I met Jesus Christ. Amen. That His promises are for me. His love is for me, and that His His protection is for me. Amen. That His and that He, you know, it's so good, isn't it? Amen. Isn't it good to know? Amen. Just thought about that this morning. Amen. So this month, people might be celebrating one thing, but we celebrate the goodness of God all year long. We celebrate the promise of God all year long. Amen. And we're going to declare it to this generation. And I know the Bible says that when the when you declare the truth, it just sets people free. <laughs> Amen. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, lies confuse people, but the truth sets people free. And so as the people of God, I think you need to take this month and just start declaring the truth of God with the spirit of God. Amen. And watch people get set free. Amen. Amen. So maybe some of you grew up under that bondage of celebrating a, a colorful flag. Maybe you kind of grew up in that sinful world and you grew up under that bondage. Amen. But how many know Jesus sets you free? Jesus comes to set you free. Amen. And so that's our message today that there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. What makes the Lord so great and his promises so great is that you can count on it. You can bank on it. You can build your life on it. When everything else is crumbling around, how many know you can build your life on the Word of God, on the promises of God, on the fact that Jesus came to save us? How many know some of you are out there, and I know some of you, I'm going to get into the Word. Everybody's like, let's just do the message. Um, You know, I just want to look, I look out this morning and I see so many of you that, man, you know, you got a hold of this truth that God is the only truth. Amen. And we got a hold of that. And so I, I see that moving in your life. I see that working in your life. And how many are out there and you say, you know, there's been times in my life I didn't have hardly anything else to lean on, to go by, to trust in, except the living God. Amen. Come on. Come on. Somebody lift, lift your hand this morning if you believe that and say, sometimes that was the only thing I had in life was the fact that Jesus is alive. Amen. That God's word was true. That's the only thing I had. Amen. How many know that got you through, didn't it? That, it will still get you through. It'll get you through today if you need it. Amen. I just want to finish uh, just a few things we've been talking about. We've been talking about generosity and the spirit of generosity. and and uh, We just want to continue on and finish that up a little bit. I feel there's some other things that um, the Lord's going to declare, and we want to talk about this summer, and, and as we get into the summer months. And, of course, next week is Father's Day. We're going to celebrate that, excited about that, and that's always a great thing to celebrate, and uh, so we'll be kind of like getting into some other things. But I want to just um, go back to our scripture that we read last week, Deuteronomy chapter 15. And, and um, I'll read the scripture, and then you really kind of get into it a little bit. But I just want to give you some keys of... Generosity, And you know, how many believe that the spirit of generosity is the spirit of God? He's kind, isn't he? He's gracious. He's, he's, he's patient, isn't he? He's generous. He's gracious to us. He just... Come on, God's let you get by with a lot of stuff. Amen. He's just been so good. Amen. He's been so kind and so good. And that's his nature. That's his nature. We talked about last week that because it's God's nature, amen, that how many know it's the nature of the church? It's the spirit of the church is generosity. That spirit that's in the church is one that is just gives freely and loves and welcomes freely and openly. That's the spirit of the church. And so this week, I just want to really um, talk about and finish this up by saying You know, if that's the Spirit of God, um, and I've got the Spirit of God living in me, then that's the Spirit in me. Then let generosity be the Spirit in me. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verses 7. I'm going to read a little bit, and uh, if you'll just follow along, I don't know what translation you're going by, but we'll all get there at the end there. But the Bible says in verse 7, just wanted to read a couple things. If anyone is poor among you, your fellow Israelites, in any of the towns of the land your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you, the promised land, Jericho, do not be half hearted or, or, I'm sorry, hard hearted or tight fisted toward them. So don't be hard hearted or tight fisted toward them, rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Verse ten: Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to do. Verse eleven says this: There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward them, um, toward your fellow Israelites and who are poor and needy in your land. Verse seven or verse four, sorry, says this. It opens it up and says, there should be no person, poor person among you for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he's giving you. That is your special possession. So there should be no... Poor, or not shall, but should be. In other words, um, that's kind of your responsibility is what he's saying. There should be no poor among you. If you walk according to the plan of God. Verse 5 says, be very careful to walk in all that God has told you to do. Very carefully follow the um, instruction of the Lord. And because of that, there should be no poor among you. Verse 6, you will be the lender and not the borrower, not just to your people, but to many nations. Amen. Many of you have quoted that, amen, when you needed your bills to pay. Amen. God's made the head, not the tail. I'm going to be the lender, not the borrower. How many, well, this is where he's talking about that. In other words, God's going to bless you in such a way, if you'll follow his, his pattern, if you follow his principles, God will bless you in such a way that you'll have overabundance to give to other people. And because of your giving, because of your generosity, there should be no poor among you. People should have their needs met among you, right? I mean, I mean, that's what he's talking about. He uses the word grudgingly or half, or, um, uh, uh, you know, whether it be half-hearted or hard-hearted, grudgingly. He says that word grudgingly. We'll talk about that later. But that's without being, um, being sorry for what you did. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you just give and say, man, that's going to cost me a lot. He's saying don't do that. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give without being sorry that you did it. That's what grudgingly is. And last week we talked about that. Really, you, you can't shut your heart or your hand against people. Um, there there are four keys to generosity, and that is willingness, kindness. There's a purpose or a need and resources that God wants to bless you through you with. Amen. So we talked about that last week, and and as we read this scripture, you'll see these keys here. Wow, that's a tremendous thing. And how many of as we are just reading it, even today, you, you've actually uh, some other scriptures that came to your mind. Jesus said you should always have the poor among you. He said that. He quoted from Deuteronomy. And later on in Deuteronomy, at the end, in the promises that God gives, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we talk about the blessings and cursings. This is part of the blessing. And this is also part of the cursing. That if you refuse and hold your hand and be tight-fisted, God will not bless you. Wow, so it's all through Scripture, isn't it? And I'm not just picking out one part here, but it's all through Scripture. And so this is the spirit of generosity. This is the spirit of God. And, and we talked about last week, this is the spirit that should be in the church and that it is in the church. Come on. Amen. And so we want this to be the spirit that's in us. Amen. And so the spirit of generosity in God lives in me. We can honestly say that and boldly say that today, that the spirit of generosity lives in me because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Amen. How many know Jesus freely gave us salvation, right? And that spirit that is on Jesus to lay his life down and give us freely is on the inside of us. Amen. And the spirit of generosity really is, and we kind of defined it a little bit last week, as it's a soft heart and an open hand. That's what the Bible talks about right here in Deuteronomy 15. It's a soft heart and an open hand. And, and really, in short, generosity, if you just want to write this down, something to remember, it's showing kindness by giving freely. Showing kindness by giving freely. We used to have out in the lobby on the table, connection table, we used to have these little cards called acts of kindness. And and you would just uh, kind of, you know, do something and then leave these cards and you would show kindness and then you would leave these cards. And and on the back it says just showing kindness of God's love, a little bit of God's love to other people around me. So it was just these little acts of kindness that people would get just to let them know that God loves them. And so I believe that it's just kind of like that. But how many know you don't need a card to give people because it'll be in your heart? It should be in your spirit. It should be in your heart. It should be something that flows out of you. The Bible makes it clear that one of the greatest definitions of how we love other people is we love others the way that Christ has loved us. Amen. Amen. How many know that's the way we should do it? Well, how do I love other people? Well, the Bible says exactly the same way that Jesus Christ showed love to you. That's how we ought to love each other. I mean, oh, he didn't wait for you to get perfect. He didn't wait for you to straighten up your life. The Bible says while you were in sin, he died for you. Amen. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave even before all of us in this room were born. Amen. God made a way for us to be saved because of his great generosity and his love. Let me just give you this morning some fruits of generosity or results of giving. When we talk about the fruits of generosity, you have to look at the book of Deuteronomy. And he's giving them the instructions of generosity. But then we have to understand that God always operates on these principles of multiplication and fruit bearing, doesn't he? If you obey me, then this will happen in your life. I mean, that's that's evidence, that's results, that's fruit that we obey God. Is that right? Amen. John chapter 15 tells us that if we do his word, then we'll have fruit in our lives evidence in our lives. And so let me give you uh, a few things here. Fruits of generosity. Number one, I believe that there is growth and development. There's growth and development, especially in other people. What do I mean by that? Well, when you, when you begin to move in the spirit of generosity and begin to give, other people are affected. There's growth and development. There's, there's uh, people see that and they say, you know what? I want to do that. I, that's an example. Have you ever seen somebody just be generous? And they didn't even know you were watching, and it meant so much to you, it changed your life, it affected you. You remember that example. Wow. Okay. Come on, somebody. I mean, I, you know, as a kid, I remember, you know, somebody paying for somebody else's meal in a restaurant. I said, well, they didn't even have to do that. But it meant a lot to me, and it stuck with me. How many know what I'm talking about? So it causes growth and development, especially in other people. But let me just say this. But that it, the Bible teaches that instead of always giving stuff away for free, because people like free things, and this is what we're talking about. But instead of giving things away for free, that maybe we should consider getting a commitment and work from people. <laughs> Why? Because it causes the growth and development. When we as a church, we give away things and, you know, we want to, you know, be an example. We want to give things. We're going to have hot dogs and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're really looking for people to come to Jesus. (laughs) We're really looking for people to to get healed in their life and to come to the Lord and to come on and to to, uh, be free from addiction. Some of these other things. That's why we're doing it. Why? We want growth and development to happen in other people. Amen. So that's what I'm talking about. And that's the principles of God we're going to talk about later. But God's desire is for us to do this. And God brings us from a place of I need help to how can I help? How many know that's growth and development? And so I believe that when we, we talk about, uh, we've talked about River Valley Mission and having a job and life skills program in the future. We're not just going to hand stuff to people. We want people to grow and develop. We want to see the cycle of poverty broken in people's lives. We want to see the cycle of dysfunction in their families broken in their life so that they can make steps to growth and development. How many believe that? How many believe that's God's principles? God just doesn't, he's not a dysfunctional father that just gives you what you want. He wants you to learn something from it. He wants you to take steps to him. He wants you to love him back. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's growth and development there. All right. I think the second thing we can see that fruits of generosity, especially as a a church, is that we become a grace-filled community. You become someone that really has mercy on your heart. You you don't look at other people like, oh, they're just, they're just, uh, you know, no good. They're just... You know, they can get out of it. They, if they really wanted to, they could change. How many know you become a grace-filled person where, hey, Lord, if you did it for me, you can do it for them. But for the grace of God, there go I. Amen. I mean, there's a grace-filled community that we say, amen, Lord, when we put the action to our words. Um, I like what one quote from a preacher said. He said, love others so radically that they wonder why. <laughs> love people so radically that they have to ask themselves, why? How many know God's done that? Jesus Christ loves us so radically. He died on the cross, a sinner's death. He was an innocent man. We have to ask ourselves, why would you do that? And when we show the love of God and become a grace-filled community as a church, people begin to ask, why? Amen. How many know that humbles you when you begin to ask, why would you do that? The third thing is it generates selfless thinking. I think that's so important it goes... By itself, generates selfless thinking. The fourth fruit that I find and see in scriptures of the fruits of generosity is that it glorifies God. How many know that's really important for us? How many know everything about our lives is about glorifying God? We were made for the praise and the glory of Him. Amen. That we would offer glory to Him. That our lives would be a reflection of Him. Come on, somebody. Amen. That we would go around saying it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me. Amen. The life that I live now, it's not my own. Amen. I've been bought. And the life that I I only live by the faith of the Son of God. That's how I exist. That's how I live. Amen. Amen. And we want people to see that. We want people to see Jesus in what we do and what we say. We want God to be glorified. How many of that's important that we talk, amen, that that our speech is right. And that we, come on, that we don't just go around cussing like sailors anymore when God saved us. And we we don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Why? Because we we bless him now. We we glorify him now. If you're a kid, you'd say, well, my mom would find out and I'm going to get in trouble. But come on, as a Christian, we say, I don't want to because it doesn't glorify the Lord. There's just certain things that we do in our lives as Christians because it doesn't glorify God. But there's a ton of other things that we do do in our lives because it glorifies God. How many know generosity glorifies God? Amen. When we give out of what we have to others who need it, that glorifies God. So glorifying God is so important. We love others best when we love God the most. That glorifies God. Amen. And the fifth thing is, is that fruits of generosity is really what it does is you you get in the right place. You're getting in the right place. You actually set yourself up for a miracle. You actually get in a place where God can bless you beyond what you can bless yourself. When you give and you're generous, the Bible makes it clear that you actually get in a place of blessing from God. Come on, to the place where you can't handle it. To the place where it overwhelms you. How many know when you show kindness to others, when God shows his kindness to you, it overwhelms you? I mean, you're like, you're just so thrown back and, and, and taken. Like, Lord, I can't handle This is so much grace and kindness that you're showing me. Well, the Bible makes it clear that you reap what you sow. Amen. And you want to get in the right place. And so generosity helps you get in the right place for a miracle from the Lord. And the last thing is, is that one of the fruits of of generosity is that there is a generational blessing. There's a generational blessing. How many believe that? See, the Bible in Deuteronomy, he wasn't just talking to that generation. He wasn't just talking to those people at that time. He was speaking to us. He was, come on, how many know you can read the Bible and say, me too? That applies to me. And so he was not just talking to that generation. He was talking to their children. He was talking, that, how many know the blessings of God affect your children? How many know they affect your children's children? And your children's children's children? That's the, that's the plan of God. God just doesn't come to one generation and say, I blessed them, I'm leaving, everybody else, good luck with that. <laughs> Amen? The, the Bible even says that the Holy Ghost is for every person, every generation, not just me, but my kids and their kids and many other people. I'm going to believe that there's a generational blessing, amen, in generosity. There's a generational blessing. In fact, it's important to teach your children. And Deuteronomy goes on so many times talking about make sure you teach your children to be generous. Make sure you teach them. Let them see it in your life first. Come on. Explain how to do it. Talk to them about it. And then they need to do it. And you teach your children. See why? Because generosity is the opposite of being spoiled. If your children aren't generous and don't learn how to share at a young age, how many know they can become spoiled? And spoiled adults are worse than spoiled children right come on so we don't want that that's not God's will for us he doesn't want you to go around being a spoiled brat amen a spoiled uh, person in the kingdom he wants you to be generous that's the opposite of generosity one of them is being spoiled so you're raising your kids to be generous to be grounded to be wise to be you know to, to get in the right place for a miracle this is what we're raising our kids about how many believe that with all your heart So that's the fruits of generosity. But also, as I began to think about this and read this scripture a little closely, a little more closely, um, I didn't read verse 9 for for purpose, on purpose, intentionally, because I want to bring something out about verse 9 in Deuteronomy chapter 15. Um, And that is what hinders generosity. How many know there's some things that can hinder generosity, right? Let's talk about the first thing that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 15. Number one, a tight fist. Not being open-handed. He said, I want you to be open-handed. Wow. And then he said this. He said, open wide your hand. How many have ever played that game with a kid? You had something in your hand and you held it real tight. And you had to, they had to open it, right? They had to you know, try to open it. Can you open my hand? What's in my hand? See what's in my hand. Right? And some of us, that's what the Bible says, don't be that way with people. And how many some of us are like, okay, I'll give. Ah, I gave. My thumb moved. <laughs> Right? Some of us are like that. Like, oh, I gave 10 years ago. I gave to charity 10 years ago. Right? So, how many know, How you know the, the, the Bible doesn't have any stories about Ebenezer Scrooge in there? Right. So, right, I gave, you know, just a little bit. But he says, I want you to be open-handed, not tight-fisted. So, a tight fist. Someone who, who doesn't freely give. Someone who isn't liberal in their giving, the Bible says. Um, you know, a word that describes this as... That it means to be extreme unwillingness to spend money or use resources. There's just this extreme unwillingness to spend my money and to use resources for other people. But the Bible says that if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But if you give or sow generously, you will what? Reap generously. We like the last part. We always always start with the last part of that. I'm gonna reap generously. We, we we used to like used to watch and probably follow a preacher that talked about, you know, reaping, 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 and, and then when it came to the sowing part, you were eh. <laughs> right? But he says if you sow sparingly, that's how you're gonna reap. But if you sow generously, you will reap generously. So be, uh, don't be tight-fisted, as the Bible says. And, you know, I believe that there's principles what we're going to talk about and we do believe in of being frugal and being a good steward, having wisdom. I mean, Solomon was the wisest man in the world and he had wisdom when it came to money and finances and in proverbs he he just makes it very clear doesn't he uh you know about about finances and he passes that knowledge down to his son the bible said he was the smartest and wisest man and he was the richest man in the world and um, still today if solomon was here he would still be one of the richest men in the world that's how rich he was Back then, and yet he had such great wisdom about finances and money, and so I believe that God wants you to be open-handed, uh, but it does, God doesn't want you to be stupid about it and foolish. And, and we'll talk about that. But generosity isn't based on your ability to to reciprocate. It's not based on the ability of other people to pay you back. That's not generosity. That's a loan. <laughs> That's just lending people stuff, which you should. And by the way, you should think twice about lending your family money. Anyways, there's a story in the book of Mark. I love this story, Mark chapter 12. And we, we know it as the widow's mite or the widow's offering when... The Bible says that and they would have um, uh, times when people would give their offering. They would come into the temp- temple and they would, there would be places that they would put their money and their offering or whatever they were bringing. And there was uh, a station for men and a station for women. And Jesus happened to be sitting there. He could see both of them, really. He could see both of everybody giving. And he watched what people were giving. And, and the Bible says that I, I believe there was people that were just giving tons. They were you know, And they were dumping it out and, and yelling it out how much they were giving and letting people know. You know, they're giving it, you know, that crisp, you know, little whatever they had back then. And uh, giving that, shaking it a little bit, shaking that money bag, dumping it out. But the Bible says that this woman came in and she gave, as the Bible says, two small copper coins or basically a penny. She gave a penny is what she gave. Jesus shut everything down, stopped everything. And he told his disciples, he said this in Mark chapter 12. He said, truly, I tell you this. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others combined. Wow, according to the Lord. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. How you know that's generosity. That's a generous spirit, isn't it? Amen. That's what the Bible says. That's so amazing that Jesus takes note of that, doesn't he? How do we know God sees our heart? God, God sees our heart and so he knows if we're trying to be tight-fisted, if we're not liberal, if we're having an open hand, God knows that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, I love this, says this in the living. It says, it is possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich, but by watering others, he waters himself. Love that scripture. Jesus said, it's better to give than to receive. He didn't say there's anything wrong with receiving. He just said it's better to give. It's a lot better to give. How many know, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, you, you can have a burger, but it's better with cheese. Okay, for all those meatasauruses there. And um, amen. And then he said this, he said, as freely as you've received, freely give. Um, Wow, that changes a lot, doesn't it? When we think about how much God has given us freely, when we think about how generous the Lord has been, how gracious he is to us, he says, okay, just like you got that free stuff, you need to give free stuff away. Give it away for free. And you're like, okay, I have a hard time with that. I'm a little tight-fisted when it comes to the grace of God. I I believe it comes to me, and, and, and then I'll work it out. No, he says, freely as you've received, freely give. How many know we've received salvation for free? It's just been free. He never said that you've got to work for it and pay money for it and, and you've got to do all these you know, difficult tasks and, and, and go you know, and to the ends of the earth and climb these mountains and everything. It's for free. Amen. And so that's what the, I love what Colossians says in chapter 3, verse 12. He says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, that's who, uh, who we are. We're born again, holy and beloved, talking about us, describing us holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. I know the Bible says you got to put it on. That means you got to practice it. It doesn't come naturally. It's something that becomes who you are. It be something that you become that, right? Come on, that's what he says. In 1 John chapter 3 verse 17, he says if anyone has material possession and sees his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? In other words, if you don't give it away, if you don't show generosity, you cannot say that you love God. It doesn't prove that you love God. What proves that you love God is that you see somebody in need and you meet that need. That's the Bible. That's, that's the Bible. And Jesus told us of a story, he said, uh, talked about a man and and a man in a story, but an account when when a man came to Jesus and he talked about following him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever and I want to be saved. And how do I inherit eternal life? Jesus said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor and then follow me. But the Bible says that the guy left, he he was heavy hearted. He just couldn't do it because because the possessions that he had, had him too much. (laughs) All that he had, had him Come on. And so Jesus said, man, I'm looking for people that are willing. I'm looking for people that are willing to be generous. I'm, willing, I'm looking for people who are... Notice he didn't say, you know, uh, do this and go crawl on glass or go, go catch a lot of fish or go run for political office or be a great guy. He said, just sell everything you have. Why? Because Jesus knew that the things he had had him. Amen? I mean, I, you know, When we come to the Lord, we just got to give up everything for him. And you say, Lord, there's nothing in this world... That's worth, amen, the love of God. That, that, that's more than valuable than the love of God. Amen. Wow, that's an important principle. And uh, it's getting a little more quiet in here. Anyways, generosity really kind of starts with, I just want to encourage you, where does it start? It starts with volunteering. It just starts with giving up and giving your time and giving yourself and volunteering. I want to encourage everyone in here today um, to really find a local mission, local ministry, a local charity. And just give some time to it. Just volunteer a little bit. And just um, get to know some people in our city. Come on, our needs in our city. And, and uh, make some visits to the hospital and those that are in critical condition. And come on, somebody. I mean, get, get together with some organizations that are really helping people and serving people. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I, you know, I, I, got, I don't have time. I just want to encourage you. It starts with volunteering. Generosity starts with volunteering. I, and, you know, some of us, we go on the extreme, don't we? We kind of go the other way. And we say, you know, well, I'm so tight-fisted. And then God does a work in our heart. And next thing you know, we want to give everything away, right? Give everything away. And just kind of like, oh, just throw But how many know the... The Bible gives us that, and people want to get extreme, and they just want to say, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to totally give everybody everything, and uh, that's not always smart. The second thing is that we see um, about these principles, and that is um, the hindrances to generosity, and that is making excuses. Making excuses. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? It got even a little bit more quieter there. In verse 9 of Deuteronomy 15, the one that I did not read, Because of this, this is what it says in verse nine of chapter 15 of Deuteronomy. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. Quote, the seventh year, the year for canceling debt is near so that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may, then the Bible says, they may appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. So don't say, hey, Jubilee's coming up. I don't need to meet that need. Everything, the debts are going to be canceled. They're going to be okay anyways. They'll be all right. The Bible says that they could actually bring a case against you before the Lord and say, hey, that guy had something. He didn't give it to me. And the Lord hears them and the Lord finds you guilty of sin. The Bible says it's sin to do that. Wow. It's sin not to give, to withhold from people. When you know, the Bible says in James, I believe it is, is that to them who know to do right and doesn't do it, it's sin. It's sin. When you know that you need to do something that's right to do and you don't do it, it's sin. Now, now many of us today, we can say, oh, man, it's sin. I, I, must, have gone, I must have drove by three homeless people. I must have, you know, the guy that wanted to wash my windshield, I no, I, I, it said no. I mean, oh, I'm a, such a sinner. Now, I believe that God will speak to you directly. There will be, I mean, it'll be, come on, I'm talking about people that do it over and over again. <laughs> Amen. I'm not talking about people, oh, man, I should go to. New York City and feed everybody. I'm a sinner because I don't do it. I mean, no, that's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about an obvious need. You know it. You see it. It's presented to you be before you, and you don't meet that need. The Bible says that would be considered sin. And what it does when we make excuses, we throw off responsibility. We just, well, we relieve ourselves. We want to feel better about it. So we say, okay, you know, it's, it's a form of justification. Well, I'm really not responsible for that. I really don't have that responsibility. I mean, there's a lot of organizations in the city. There's a lot of ministries out there. They can get help. They can, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, why is this coming on me? I don't need, I mean, hey, I, I believe God will send angels to provide for that person. you I know mean, when God puts his finger and points at you and say, you're the giver, <laughs> you're, the, you're the lender, you're the giver, amen, we need to obey God. Amen. Amen. I'll move along in that sore spot. The third thing is, is giving grudgingly. This is what it says in Deuteronomy verse 10. It says, don't give to others with a grudging heart or it's not out of love and concern. It's just out of a grudge. Here you go. Okay, I'm going to give it to you, but it's grudgingly. You, you actually are disappointed and, and um, you're actually depressed that you're giving to people. I mean, that's grudgingly. You're not doing it willingly. You're not doing it out of a cheerful heart. How I many of the Bible says, don't give to God grudgingly. Give cheerfully to the Lord. Amen. Lord, this is your money. You blessed me. Lord, I need a miracle. How many know, this is, that's how we give to God, isn't it? Amen. Come on, these, these would work if I was preaching about offering today. Amen. But, but we're talking about people who have needs around us. And so I believe that our job is to love other people without stopping to inquire whether it's, it's proper or not, or whether they're worthy or not. <laughs> I mean, know. Oh, are you worthy? Show me you're worthy of giving. I'm giving you $5. Show me you're worthy okay uh, you know we used to say this in church if, if if it's so hard for you to give to the lord then you need to keep your money <laughs> just keep your finding keep your blessing <laughs> amen but how many know the bible says he loves a cheerful giver he loves a cheerful giver amen and so we talked about this last week and really this basic kindness it really means to, to it's just a way of thinking that leads to doing thoughtful deeds and others for people uh, i mean uh deeds and and things for other people um the Bible says faith without works is dead, but works without love is dead. Amen. Come on. How many know you need you, faith without works is dead? You need works in your faith, but you also need love in your works. Amen. Amen. Kindness is really just humbly giving to other people and love and mercy, just showing that to other people who may not be able to give anything back, who, who sometimes don't deserve it and who frequently don't thank us for it. How many know that's the spirit of generosity? Amen. And so the word kindness, I I love this meaning, this word kindness in the Greek. It means it's a softening or a mellowing of something that was once harsh. It's this softening of our hearts, and it's just this warmness that the Bible says we're this soft heart and an open hand. And when kindness is hard to give, we've got to ask ourselves why. Is it because of pride? Is it unforgiveness? Or is it because I've been hurt before? Is it judgment that really doesn't allow us to show kindness? Is that what it is? And we need to ask ourselves, why is it so hard for me to give freely? Ask yourself that question. And the, and the fourth thing I believe that, that hinders a generosity, and that is pride. Pride will hinder generosity. What do I mean by that? How does, how does pride play a part in generosity? Well, Jesus taught us about giving in gener- generosity, and he taught us about giving without drawing attention to yourself. Jesus said when you fast, when you pray, when you give your alms to the poor, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't blow a trumpet. Don't announce it to people. Please don't put it in your story. <laughs> don't make a big deal about it. You know, uh, you know I, I did that and it really turns my stomach. I don't like it when people, Christians, are putting on uh, social media how much they did for other people. I remember watching this video a few years ago of this young man who, who, he actually bought sneakers, two pair of sneakers, very expensive pair of sneakers. And he wanted to give it to uh, a, really a, a kid that was a poor uh, kid in the school and what he said was poor. And, and so he had this video and his friends video and everybody was gathering around. And he goes, I just want you to know I'm giving you these sneakers. Here's how much they cost. And when the kid wasn't excited, he took the one pair back. <laughs> And he's like, this is what happens when you give to poor people. <laughs> I mean, no, that, that's so prideful. That's so arrogant. And you know what the Bible says? You might as well not even do it because God isn't even looking at that. He missed it. <laughs> In fact, I believe God kind of puts his sunglasses on. He's like, I, these are so dark. I can't see that stuff. I mean, I don't watch that kind of stuff. God doesn't comment on that stuff. He doesn't follow those kind of people. He doesn't like that kind of stuff, right? That's not what it's about. Don't put it on, oh, I gave this lady this. And I believe that if your if giving should be told by other people. The Bible says don't brag about yourself. Let other people promote you. Amen. Let other people say, wow, that's a generous person. Look, I got a video of it. Look at that. And they post it on their thing. Amen. Don't, don't post about how good you are. <laughs> Amen. Look what I gave. Look what I did. Look what I have. I'm, I'm such a great great person that's pride and pride has a way of eating at our hearts to the place where we're not even godly anymore we're not even acting like Jesus anymore see the opposite of generosity is also greed that's, that's what also it is it's greed it's covetousness it's wanting what other people have it's hoarding it's it's this control and this power of money and finances and things and possessions and it's pride And pride at the root is so so against the Lord. It just it absolutely is against God's heart. And the Bible says it's sin. Pride is sin. How many know pride is sin? It's just sinful. It absolutely is. Jesus tells of a story of a man that had... Um, he was a, a really a successful... Uh, we would call him a farmer or a businessman. And he, he got to the place where his crops were growing in such a, a way... That he said, you know what I need to do? I need to build more barns. I need to build more storage for what I have. And, and then the Bible says that he stepped back... And in Luke chapter 12, verse 19, this is what he said. He said, I say to myself, you have plenty of grain... Laid up for many years, take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? In verse 21, this is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but not rich towards God. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? Jesus warns us many times, do not lay up treasures for yourself. You have treasures in heaven. Lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. And when he, what does he talk about that? When he gives those principles, he's talking about generosity. He's talking about giving. He's talking about giving, come on, of yourself and your life and your love and your livelihood to other people. He says, don't lay it up for yourself. Amen. Come on. How many know, first of all, you got to lay it up for your family? Start there. Lay it up for your children, your wife or your husband, your your whatever, those that would be left when you're gone. Lay it up for your grandchildren. Amen? Start right there. Amen? I I remember hearing stories about parents who just had a business, and they just, man, they lived lavishly and left their kids nothing. (laughs) Right? Because they they only thought about themselves. But the Bible says that that, at that particular night, that, that the Lord said, Man, this night, your, your life, and then who will get what you have? Because He said it's about what other people need. And that's what He said, right? Come on, is that about? I'll never forget the first time that I preached this message in an outdoor meeting. And I actually preached it uh, in an outside evangelistic meeting. And, and um, I'll never forget that. And I, 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 I thought, boy, this is odd for me to preach this message um, outside. You know, you wanna preach about sin and, and, and everything. But I preach this message about laying up things for yourself and depending on worldly wealth and possessions to, to, number one, to get yourself into heaven and, number two, to fulfill your life. And so we began to preach about that. I'll never forget halfway through or midway through sometime I'll never forget a, a man a very distinguished man came and his wife and they were you know just really looked uh, she was attractive he was very distinguished and I thought man these are look like very important people we were in Lewisburg and at that particular time that that weekend there was something going on at Bucknell something going on I figured well maybe he's just somebody who's just passing by and he listened and he stayed for the whole message and then he left and and uh, didn't come to the altar call or didn't respond and so I, I thought, okay, you know, that was good. At least I preached the message. He heard about Jesus. And the next day we were actually to hand out uh, flyers and go uh, around town and we were in Lewisburg and we were going to hand out flyers and pray for people and just witness. And, and it was very hot. It was in the summer. It was very near the summer. It was very hot. And uh, how many know you, you, it's hard to be in Lewisburg and not stop at Lewisburg Freeze? <laughs> it just calls your name. It, it's just drawing you. And so... We were like, oh, it's right there, let's go. And so we were there, one of the students were there, They're one of the people that were with us, one of the Christians were there, um, didn't go to this church, but they were there helping. And uh, they kind of went like this to me and said, look in the the back of the line, look who it is. I turned around and it's this man that was in in the crowd the other night before. And uh, he actually uh, talked to me and then said, hey, you're the guy from, you know, that down here at the square and you were preaching, weren't you? And yeah. He said, "Yeah, I really liked your message." I said, "Okay." He said, it, "No." He said, "No, it really meant a lot to me." I said, "Oh, okay." He said, "Now I'm Jewish. I'm not Christian, but he said there was something in there that was for me, and I want you to know that message really touched my heart." I was like, "Wow, that's good." Then he left and walked away, and the student that was with me said, "Do you know who that is?" I said, "No, I have no idea." He said, "He's from the town that I'm from, from Rochester. He is a huge, a very successful businessman." in Rochester. I mean, he's one of the wealthiest guys in Rochester. And he owns all these shops and all this, all this property and all these things. And she said, I grew up in Rochester. I know who that guy is. And I said, well, the Lord knew that I needed to preach that message. Amen. Come on. So we got to be faithful to, to do those things. But this is a, a very important principle. And I say that to give glory to God, to say that, man, you need to obey the Lord when it comes to preaching to the lost, because you don't know who you're talking to. And how many know we're not just preaching to the poor, we're preaching to the rich. (laughs) And how many know rich people need to hear Jesus? They need to hear the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. And the last thing I want to share with you today about this, and that is the hindrance to generosity would be foolish giving. Just being foolish in your giving. Just being irresponsible in your giving. Giving to people who don't deserve it, that's one thing. But giving to people who don't need it, that's another. Don't be foolish in your giving. Don't we said this last week. Sacrificial, being sacrificial is not stupid. <laughs> you know, well, Jesus told me to give. I'm just giving away. And, and I know they don't need it, but how many know? Some people, you need to help them take the next step in their need. Amen. How many know? Okay, I fed you because you didn't have any food. Now I'm going to teach you to fish so that you can provide for your family and you can provide for other people. That's the biblical way. Of generosity, that's the pattern. Not just see the last couple of weeks, you've been like, "Oh man, I've just got to give my money, I've got to give, give, give." That's that's all the church talks about is giving. No, there's a point here. You don't give foolishly. Be, have, let there be wisdom in your giving. Let there be there good stewardship. The Bible gives us principles about good, good stewardship over and over and over again. How I many know if God gave you something for free, He expects you to do something responsible with it. He's not an abusive father where he just gives you good gifts and he's like, oh, well. No, he said, I'm giving you something precious. Now what you need to do is multiply it and give it to somebody else. That's the principle of the kingdom. That's where we need to go with this. And a lot of the stuff that we've heard over the years behind the pulpits and and through Christian television has has only been one-sided. It only goes to you. Generosity and God's blessings only stop at you. But how many know there's a fullness of the message of generosity and that is it's got to go to somebody else. Amen? But we're not going to be foolish in it. We're not going to just give to people who are who are a well-abled body, who can provide for their family, and they're just wanting money. They're just, wanting, they're just greedy. They're just taking advantage of people. How many know you need wisdom in your giving? Right? Amen. So when I, I had to say this last because when we, when we first talk about generosity, I think the very first thing we do, our defenses go up, and we're like, yeah, but they can work. Yes, but they See? But how many know we need to have that spirit of generosity, that willingness first? That willingness first. And then we say, okay, we'll move in that wisdom. Amen. And so generosity is not reckless spending. It's not irresponsible giving. It's not toxic charity, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. Toxic charity is really bad. Generosity really um, isn't about these things. Let me just say this. I thought about this. Sometimes generosity is about being guilt-driven. We feel like we have to, we feel like, you know, not just I wanna be a good person, that's kind of prideful, but we, we are driven by guilt. We just, we just feel like, if I don't, I'm a terrible person. I, I, just, I just have to do something about it, I'm, and you're guilt-driven. It's not motivated by love or the need or, or real res- Come on, you just throw stuff at people. You just, you're guilt-driven. You just kind of, oh, I've I got to do it. i I got I to do it, and my family's got to starve so that I can give to this. No, that's guilt-driven. You, you have to be responsible, and you can't give out a sensationalism all the time. How I many you know the you know TV, the commercials? Remember back in the day, you know, and and it was like a 30 minute commercial, right, in your favorite game or movie, and it was about hungry children, and they put these pictures of these kids and they're they're starving to death and they're crying and they're, and now it's like dogs who are you know and and and, and it's just, it's all these organizations using the same video. Did you notice that? And then you go to give to them and you realize it's a scam. It's some guy, you know, in his apartment, you know, doing all this stuff, collecting the money, right? Come on. We've all been there, right? But we, it just can't be out of sensationalism. It has to be out of a need and say, okay, God, you're speaking to me to give. The Bible makes it clear that he'll speak to us about what to give. Amen? How much we should give. All of us should give according to what God has placed in our heart. And that's part of... Um, sensationalism we just we feel like oh well I just need to I just need to give it away I'm so I'm crying right now I'm so sad I feel so bad amen but how many know there's been so many times I felt so bad for people but then when I found out they were scamming people I didn't feel bad for them anymore amen all right we've all been there right and so here's the other thing is is that we want to give resources according to what we can but we always want to give more than what we feel to. That's generosity. Let me just say this. That the love must be greater than the gift. So let love be greater than the gift. Amen? So that's a good principle, isn't it? Let the, let the compassion and the concern be greater than the gift. And let me just fo- uh, follow up and finish by saying there's a few challenges here in, this, in our giving. And that is, we, we want to give everything away for free, we want to give freely give, but we 've got to know priorities we 've got to have those first responsibilities in our life. I, I know there's a lot of people that want to give and they want to give uh, money, they want to give their things, but they 're neglecting their family. How many know you 've got to take care of your family first you 've got to have priority you 've got to give. Responsibly, And so that's what it means. And, and I feel like we, we, we want to give such, such that generosity, but we have to know our priorities and our first responsibilities. Amen. And then the second thing is challenged, I believe, is that we, we don't want to enable people into sin, into addiction. Come on, somebody. We don't want to cause poor people to be more poor. <laughs> we don't want to cause addicts to be more addicted. Amen. We don't want to leave them that way. We don't want to just throw and say, here, I'm going to bless your poverty. I'm going to bless your addiction. How many know we've got a, a solution and an answer for people to get out of that? Amen. And so we don't want to enable people. We don't want to total people. We don't want to ruin people. We don't want to give people something for nothing all the time. I mean, there's those principles that we've got to live by. And the last challenge is, I want to leave you with this. And after this, we'll stand on our feet. And that is, we want to be led by the Spirit in our giving. Yes. Listen to God. Let Let's Just listen to the Holy Ghost. Don't feel that pressure. If you feel that pressure, if someone comes up to you, well, give right now. You need to give right now. And if you can't say, let me pray about it. Let me think about it. Let me talk to somebody about it. Amen. How many know we need to give according to the Spirit of God? Let the Lord lead you. Now, I love this because people sit in their home and they've got all kinds of resources and they said, I'm just waiting to be led by the Spirit. (laughs) Amen. it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take a super Christian to, to realize that if your neighbor needs something, you can meet that need. Come on, somebody. Amen. But but be led by the Spirit in your giving. Let the Lord lead you. Let let the Lord show you. What should I give? How much? What should I do? What should I be a part of? What do I, you know, how many know? I, I mean, I've, I sat down this last week with uh, just a. A newly friend, a new friend of mine, a new, uh, he's been a pastor for many years, retired now, and he does missions in Africa. And we got on the subject and we began to talk about it. And man, he began to talk about his organization and what he's involved with. And I mean, it's huge. It's amazing. The, and, and then I thought, well, wow. And I sit down with John Castle and I talk about him about, you know, East Africa and I, wow, or West Africa. Wow, it's huge. It's, there's, and then I go and talk to this person about... Um, this last week talked to this person about what's happening to Ukraine and man, that burden's huge and that need is huge. And, and then I found out there's other organizations in our city that are doing this and doing that. I mean, there's just no end to needs. There's no end to the needs. There's just no end to poverty and, and sickness and, and uh, all these things and suffering. There's just no end to it. And, and if I was to try to give here, here and here and here, I, I'd just be, I'd be broke in so many ways. <laughs> I mean, oh, so we need wisdom. We need wisdom to say, Lord, what should I give to? What should I be a part of? What do you want me to? Come on, amen. So be led by the Spirit in your giving. And so by all means, we want to be generous in our giving. How many want to be generous? Amen. amen. Can you lift your hand to heaven and just say, Lord, I want to be generous. I want the Spirit of generosity to be in me. Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. I just want to give you a couple of uh, things as we leave and we pray. Um, First of all, if you do not know Jesus Christ and he is not your savior and you haven't been born again, we want to pray with you today. We want to talk to you today about who is God and who is Jesus and and what salvation means and what it means to be saved. We have a team that comes right down the front, right after church. and, And we want to pray with you if you're sick in your body or maybe you need just so many things are going on in your life. You just need to know where is God in all this. I mean, we want to just pray with you. We want to stand with you. Maybe you're going through a hard time. Someone in your family is really going through a hard time, a difficult situation. We want to take some time after church and just pray with you. Amen. So we want to give you that invitation. But I also just want to leave us this morning with this about generosity. And that is, I want to encourage you, don't wait for generosity to mature in your life. Until you feel it, until you, well, it's, I'm going to know everything about it. You just have to take a step. You just need to start doing it. It grows as you move in it. That's how generosity, you don't become the greatest and most generous person the, you know overnight. It just starts out little by little by little by little and it matures and it grows in you. And, and then we, we really just don't need to pray for God to, to do something amazing. We just need to look for God in what he's doing. Come on and around us and just want to encourage you to do that. And and you know, don't wait for other people to be loving and giving and compassionate and grateful and forgiving and generous and all these things. We need to lead the way. We're the church of Jesus Christ with the body of Christ. We need to lead the way. Don't wait for the, you know, for legislation of people to be nice to each other. That's never gonna happen. We need to lead the way. Amen. Don't wait for your neighbors to do it. Don't wait for other people and other Christians and, and uh, you know, mega church. don't wait for other people. Lead the way. And I want to encourage you today, really, that God, amen, use me today. Just have that prayer. Amen. God, use me today to show your love, your compassion. Amen. The way that you freely have loved me, Lord, just help me to show me. Open my eyes. When I go to the store, I'm busy. I've got a list. I'm here and there. I'm just in and out. But you can show me in an instant. You can show me quickly. Show me people that pass by. Open my ears to hear what people are, the needs that they're talking about, the problems they're going through, what they're struggling with. Come on, somebody. Amen. Show me today on Sunday morning. When I think this is a room full of the most perfect people in the world I believe there's some needs here today Lord just show me show me how I can meet those needs and what I can do maybe it's just pray some of you need to be generous in your prayers pray for other people pray for their families pray for you know your neighbors be generous in your prayers come on everybody think well it's about money no some of you've got you know maybe a, another lawnmower that you're not using you've got this you've got that go around your house and think Lord what can I give away today what? Do other people need, not just to the mission, not just to the goodwill store, but somebody that actually has the need for this. Amen. How many would be open to that? Can I see your hand? Would you be open to pray that prayer with me today? Lord, just show us today as your people. As your people, Lord, the spirit of generosity that lives on the inside of us, the Holy Ghost, Lord, speak to us, speak to us about our giving, speak to us about our time and our lives, Lord. And some of us are just in such a crazy cycle in our lives that we feel we have no no time for anything else. We're just trying to keep up and hold our heads above water. Lord, I believe that in our busyness, you can still show us, still speak to us, still use us. In Jesus' name, we just thank you for it. Thank you for your principles living in us, working in us. As a church, it's a body, Lord. I pray that you would just help us be more unified in this area of giving. Not just of money or anything, but Lord, our time, our prayers, our concern, our text, our phone calls. Lord, we just pray that you would help us be the, the people that you want us to be. The generous people that you've called us to be because you're generous, because you're kind. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer today, our prayer team's coming down front. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we have something in the back. But everybody else,